Hour two now of a Monday Talk of the Town. In for Tom Hill, it's Liz Bullard, Dimitri Coles, and Rafael Rosario. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Talk of the Town. It is your host, Liz Bullard, and I'm here with Raf. How are you doing? I'm good. We just had a great time with Abby. Abby, um, Political psych with Abby. Yes, yep. such a great time. Absolutely. And for y'all who missed it, she gave us different tips on things such as... Um, we'll say like group dynamics Mm -hmm. and how to engage with different groups um you know not trying to persuade everyone really separating the issues she talked about um social identity as well as like group cohesion and group health um you know um we've all have that conversation about it's the same five people at the same five meetings but how do you make sure that they're okay and um i think that was really helpful um and like a main takeaway from me is kind of like the overall health uh, Raf, for you, any any takeaways or things that stood out for you? Yeah, no. One of one of the I think the last question before um, we we kind of convene was um, about like the groups and things like that. And one of the questions I had asked mm-hmm. was, um, you know, what's that number one tip the that comes to the top of the mind? She listed a whole bunch of mm-hmm. really good ones, but the one um, is to listen to other people. Yeah. Right, and how important it is um, to listen, but it's, it's important to listen, to try to hear and understand yeah. and not always listen to respond. Ooh, and I think yeah. that is, is important. And uh, uh, to me, it just re- resonated um, really loudly to just listen to folks. I, I love that because, uh, again, there's always, because some both sides sometimes are really uh, polarized, for lack of a better mm-hmm. word, um, it really is like, I need to respond. I need to have my fact. But if we listen, like really listen, I think that we can shift from conversation to action. Absolutely. Um, speaking of conversation, if y'all want to call in, the number is 203-757-1320. Um, and we can't wait to hear from you. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And, you know, what, one of the things we were talking about, like right before the break was um, care and in, 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 in even in our group right mm-hmm. um, when we talk about our group and group dynamics and, and different we all come from different walks of life yep. different religions belief systems um, and even age groups right um, and one of the things that you know as, as we were talking and just um, the first one was about you know listening to other people but what does that really mean it mm. means that we're caring for each other mm. right um, and not just caring for each other, the conversation you and me, Liz, had was about how we take care of ourselves. Yeah. Right? And one of the things I always ask folks is, like, what does self-care look like? Right? Um, and and people, we all have different terms and, and things like that. But I think it's a term that we always don't correlate to politics or to even groups or activism and self-care. Oh, I, I love that. Uh, can we dive into that a little bit? Absolutely. That's yeah. And I think that is really important in terms of like politics and activism um and i've learned this through kind of like you know girl trek as a walking organization and neighborhood housing has a, a subsection of that and in in engaging with them i remember they were doing black history boot camp and they were talking about all these um black women activists mm. and the common denominator was like they always died mm, right <laughs> because it, and their body was always riddled with sickness right mm. and so it really was like a light for me of like you need to take care of yourself. Absolutely. Right? Like, they they died so 
young and like I want to be able to see this fight right? right I want to be able to not only see this fight but I also want my other areas of life to flourish so I really try and uh, have a good balance in my opinion and for me um, and then I would like to know what that looks like for you is you know I, I kind of think of things as far as capacity. What right. do I have capacity for? Right. You know, if I'm going, because everyone knows I'll leave a me- meeting in a minute. I'll Absolutely. come early. <laughs> Liz bounce. <laughs> like, I'm like, because I, I think about it in terms of capacity, right? Because I, for me, if I spend three hours at this meeting mm-hmm. and we're not talking about anything and nothing's going to change, that is time that I could have spent doing something else in my life. Right. But this meeting also is important because it's important community building and to right. have your voice be heard. So I think about capacity. How much capacity do I have to sit here at this meeting? And how much capacity do I need to recover? Right. So I try and break up things like that. Mm. Um, and that might shift. Like if I'm there and like things are really going well and we're really making headway, cool. Right. Or I'm vibing with everyone that's there. But this is like maybe a caveat but like we use meetings as like social gatherings and like this is different like we right. can have a social gathering but right. if we are here to work and create change this is what we need to do right right yeah no and i get that i think sometimes people thrive on community right it's mm-hmm. it's why you know most folks join their church or congregation mm-hmm. on sundays right mm-hmm. it's the community um that we that 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 attracts us mm-hmm. i think for us i think you know, I, I will use this plane analogy all the time. You know, when we're on a plane, um, the flight attendant mm-hmm. will usually say, um, in the case of emergency, right, mm-hmm. the, the oxygen mask will come down. Um, and, and, and the instructions are very clear, right? Mm-hmm. The, the instructions are that you have to make sure that your mask is on and it's on tighten and it's fastened the proper way. Regardless of who is sitting next to you, regardless of your partner, regardless of your kids, regardless of whoever it is, the instructions are yes. put your mask on and make sure that there's no air leaking out. Because if you aren't taking care of yourself first, you can't take care of others. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's important for us to get our oxygen wherever it is we, we get our oxygen from. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, again, very valuable. Um, listen for Oaks again the call in number is 203-757-1320 uh, we're talking about local politics and local issues right right um, anything kind of come to mind as pa- passions locally yeah so and, and the reason why self care is so important right and the reason why it's up is we're talking about psychology and emotions and things that bubble up right mm-hmm. and this year in particular is an election year yep. for Waterbury and I said it the earlier at the top of the hour that this Waterbury's this is the most important election, mm-hmm. right? And we talk about media and it distracts us and we are always constantly talking about uh, who the president is and things like that. But the people who actually impact us, like our day-to-day, the sidewalks, the potholes and the things like that, are our mayor and our alders. Um, and it's it's always not strange to me, but it's always interesting to me as, you know, Liz and I, we've knocked on doors. We've, mm-hmm. you know, I think th- they're in the thousands right now. Um, we've knocked on doors and folks, when you do talk about politics, they'll quickly bring up presidential elections. Mm-hmm. Every now and then they'll mention a congressperson or congresswoman or the potholes, <laughs> right? Um, but, but rarely do we ever have a conversation about our mayor and our alders and what they're responsible for yeah. and the conditions 
of Waterbury. Mm. And I say all that to say is, you know, when we talk about it, there are a lot of emotions that come up. Mm-hmm. And because of those emotions, that's why we're talking about self-care and how this all ties into politics. Is Because when you're starting to feel certain ways and you're faced with truths that might be diametrically opposed to what you've been told, it's important to take care of yourself, right? It's important to be, you know, uh, to make sure you're well as as we traverse this. Um, but yeah, so that's where, kind of what we were talking about, and we're going to be shifti- shifting over to talking about our local politics here. Um, yes, and we have a call, so we'll jump back into the after. Caller, how you doing? Hey, can you hear me? Oh, friend! Hey, <laughs> we know this guy. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Sorry, the audio is a little choppy on my end. I apologize. I hope you can hear me okay. You are loud and you, great. Yeah, you sound perfect. Great. Uh, so I wanted to ask a question. I'm listening at home. I'm sorry I can't join you. Uh, my name is Bilal Tajaldeen, Waterbury resident, um, long-time listener, first-time caller, which is a fun <laughs> thing I can say that's true. That's awesome. Uh, but I wanted to ask your opinion. Um, is that be something I struggled with earlier this year um and and late last year which is when you kind of over promise your time when you have a lot of free time Mm -hmm. and then your time starts winnowing away and you're like oh i actually don't think i have the ability to do some of these projects from your perspective as as fellow community organizers um how do you remove yourself from projects when you are at capacity. Mm. I'll do that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can go first, Liz. And uh, go. Uh, so I think about it in, in different ways. I think the first is you have to forgive yourself or get over the mental hurdle or have the mental understanding that you cannot do it all. Right. Um, and, and kind of release yourself from that because I think sometimes we stay on things for obligation right. um, and that doesn't help you or the project. Um, and then I think there's the other realistic thing of sometimes locally we see if, if you're not doing it, it's not getting done. Right. And, and that's okay, right? That doesn't mean you're the cause or you're the fault. Like it's okay for you to take care of yourself. Like Rafa was saying, you have to put on you know your oxygen mask. Um, I do think that every so often we should kind of be doing, I'll say like value audits. Absolutely. Right, what are my values this season? Do my these projects align with that? Um, are these projects really moving the needle on those values, right? So um, kind of like Abby talked about, you know, uh, you know, we have all these different groups, right? And some of them are doing very similar things. So if you're in two groups that are doing very similar things, can you drop one? Right. And, you know, that process of deciding what that looks like might be different things, whether it's like your space to grow, how that group is focused, many different things. But I, I do think that we should be doing a little bit of a, a value audit and being honest um, when you, you can't show up the way that you want to. Right. right. Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's important. Um, you know, we talk about self-care and. Um, something that for me that works is how I start my day um, reflects the rest of the day, mm-hmm. right? And I think sometimes um, we wake up with the pressures of the world. I remember being young and and I remember the sadness realizing that Superman couldn't save everyone, Child. right? Mm-hmm. Like he couldn't be everywhere all at once. 
And th- during that mourning process, I've realized that he had to be okay with not saving everyone. And if Superman had to be okay, then we as regular human beings have to be okay. And I think it's important for us to realize that we aren't going to save everyone and yeah. we aren't going to save everything. Um, so to Liz's point, I think it's also important to do value checks, right? Like yeah. what's really important? I woke up this morning and what, what motivates me? Mm-hmm. And am, am I doing at least three things to help achieve that, right? I think sometimes we put too much on our to-do list. Yeah. And, and one tip that I've learned is I put three major things that help me achieve my goal. And that is it. Yeah. I, and, I'm, and, and I've learned to be content. Um, and I wish folks would learn to just learn to just be as opposed to just learn to just do more. Oh, I, I love that. Um, and just two other things that I thought of um, that might be practical things. I, what I have now started doing is when I commit to something, I, I ask and say, like, hey, if this is too much, can I back out of this? Mm, absolutely. Right. So that we were both up front, you know, because my intention, right. Cause when I, my intention of, I, I do want to do this, but I also need to be realistic of that might change in, is that okay? Right. So I, I do that. Um, also when committing to a project, kind of when I think of, we were talking before, I think about capacity and um, I have said this, I'm like, Hey, I can commit five hours. This is what it looks like. Right. Um, sometimes I do not get that project and I'm like, okay, that that's okay. <laughs> right. And okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, really post pandemic, my goal has been to take care of all the areas of my life because during the pandemic, I, I started doing things that made me happy and I don't want to lose those things. Right. Right. Um, and so I, I think really just having that communication and healthy boundary setting. I hope we answered your question. Um, uh, do we have any other callers? All right, we're good, good. Um, right. That was a good question. Yeah, thank you, Bilal, for calling in. I, I really do appreciate that. And, and again, I hope it was helpful to you and other folks who are listening. You know, take care of yourself. We can't we can't save or change everything. But I think it's, you know, uh, I was just thinking about that as you were talking about how sometimes the changes can be small, right? And they just compound, like, slowly um, one after another. And I think sometimes when folks don't see the change right away, mm-hmm. it kind of builds that type of apathy. And so mm. when we talk about politics, I think sometimes mm. we we get we get complacent that things don't change right away and that builds the kind of political apathy that we have here in Waterbury. Well, question about that because sometimes I've heard people say like, oh, like there's, it's changing, but it's changing slowly. And... Uh, how do you balance? How do you balance slow change versus no change? Um, because I, I do think sometimes there's a narrative like, oh, like things are changing and it's changing slowly. Um, and I know for me, I'm like, I'm okay with that, but I also want to see some larger change. So mm. how do you how do you balance that need of wanting change, knowing things are going to happen slowly? Yeah, no, it's an interesting thing, and and you know, let's let's talk about it, right? <laughs> let's talk about Waterbury um, and 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 the changes that have or haven't happened here, right? Um, a few years ago, I don't know if folks remember, um, the city spent uh, over half a million dollars rebranding. Oh my god! And we had a new website, and we spent all this money. Um, basically marketing Waterbury to the outside world, right? Yes. Come to Waterbury. Waterbury's great. Um, X, Y, Z. At a time when Waterbury residents were leaving at Mass 8, right? Uh, fast forward to where we're at now. 
And if there's anyone listening right now to this phone call, uh, to the radio, please call us at 203-757-1320 with this answer. What I was trying to figure out is because we marketed so much and, and, and to the outside community, and there's been such an influx of folks moving into Waterbury, right? I, I would reckon to say that over the past 10 years, the population in Waterbury has shifted dramatically, more dramatically than most people think it does. And I will, I will say that I think that the amount of new residents here are not not at half point. I don't say they're they're at halfway here, but I would say at least a third of the population. So I would say a third of the population in Waterbury are brand new residents, meaning they didn't grow up here. They don't know of the old Howland Hughes building or how things used to be here, or right? How this family has been here a hundred plus years. Absolutely. You know, I, I moved to Waterbury in two thousand and seven. Right. So I've only seen Waterbury where it's been and where it's at now. So I, have, I don't understand its heyday. But what I do see is folks trying to recapture what was here mm-hmm. as opposed to focusing on what could be here. Mm. If that makes sense. It does. Um so many thoughts. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so the question is, does anyone know how many new residents have come into Waterbury at, in, in a percentage or even by the numbers? Because I would say that it's about a third of the population now are now new residents. And I would say over a 10-year period, right? Yeah. I'm not saying it just happened um, or even during the pandemic. I feel like it was happening and then the pandemic just like boom, spiked it, and everyone came to Waterbury for different reasons. I was going to say they marketed so hard. We had all these influx from these New York companies. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And they came and they bought properties, and now they're renting it back to us. (laughs) At two times the rate. Yes, at New York rates, yes. Marketing just worked so well, didn't it? (laughs) Yes, it did. But it's interesting. it, it, because we have an influx of new people, but there is a re- such a resistance to change, like mm. you know you touched upon before, and I don't know what's going to happen when those two area, areas clash. Mm, okay. um, it, there has to be growth, right? Like you have to have growth that helps your community, the culture of the community. Um, and there's like these little things that are happening in the background, right? Like the renovation at Hamilton Park. We have all these businesses coming over here, right? Like there's these little things, mm-hmm. but I, I worry when people, the the people that have been here, that value community, when they open up their eyes and they're like, oh, this is different. Right. <laughs> this right. does not look like us. What that's going to be? Yeah. No, it's an interesting question. So you you grew up here. So no, you, I I was planted here in middle school. I don't. This is my home because I've been here the longest. Okay. But from like townies here, like uh-uh, I'm not from here. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it'd be interesting to think. Like, I, I always think about what like what does growth look like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to a lot of folks, growth uh, might look like people who don't are, are unrecognizable that yeah. we didn't grow up with mm. that might not necessarily have the same 
um, valley systems. And I was talking to somebody who grew up here, mm-hmm. and they and 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 I will say this. So so just just so we're a hundred percent clear. Yep. Like I love it here. Like I made a choice to be mm-hmm. here. I'm making a choice consciously to stay here. <laughs> right. Like I I could at it, like any moment just pick up and leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and my kids love it here. I have two 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 teenagers who are go to high school here. Um, and because of the choice of schooling is the only reason I stay, mm-hmm. right? That being said, um, there are a lot of things that as like, as we see in Waterbury, I've always had this issue whenever I make a complaint, right? And again, I said, I love to hear, but whenever I make a complaint about things that are or aren't here, folks are quick to point out what is here. That's because you're not from here. Right. Only the right. people that are from here get to say what's not here. Right. <laughs> and, and, here's, and, and, and I completely understand that, right? Um, but but even even those things don't make sense to, to, <laughs> to what people are saying. So my question is like when we talk about growth and, and I don't I don't mean mean to like downplay all the great things that are Correct. that are here. The things that are here are great. They're, but but l- let me just be clear. Even if those things were filled at 200% capacity, they still don't f- meet everyone's needs. Yes. D- you know, like, and let's just be clear. If, if, if the POW was filled to capacity, if the Y was filled to capacity, if the Boys and Girls Club were filled to capacity, even the library filled to capacity, it still wouldn't meet enough for this young population that is here. Yeah. Right? Like there there are only so many times I can take my kids to the Mattituck Museum oh. or to Roller Magic or to bowling or to those things. Well now we're going to what is it, the the air jump thing or whatever it is. It's the air jump thing, you know, I was there two weeks ago. So again, those things are great, you know, and, and people will point to what is here. So my question to you and maybe listeners, like, what does growth look like, right? Oh, such a good question. Uh, do we need a break? All right, so we'll start there when we come back with a break. So if you want to answer, it's 203-757-1320. All right, y'all. Um, Ralph had a question on what does growth look like? And we have Bilal who has returned to call, and then we have a caller right after him. So Bilal, how you doing, friend? Good. How are you? Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound great. So I wanted to call back in around your question, Raphael, around what does growth look like um, with an example from someone who was born in Waterbury. Uh, So I think, you know, my family came here um, full time in like the 80s. Uh, from Lebanon, and a lot of folks who've been downtown for a long time know that my my father and my uncle before him had a convenience store, a corner store called Casualine's Corner on East Main and Cherry, um, and that was what my family did up until the mall came around. Um, and when the mall came, there was an effect a lot with a lot of the small businesses in downtown, where sort of the excitement and the energy of the mall uh, sort of sucked up all the oxygen, right? And a lot of small businesses were not able to compete. Um, foot traffic shifted pretty dramatically. Um, and eventually, you know, our, our family business just wasn't sustainable downtown. And, and my parents made a decision to sort of close the store. But I think when I think about growth, right, there, that moment around the mall was really billed as this huge opportunity for growth, right? This was a big boom when everyone wanted big stores, big box stores, uh, a lot of excitement. 
But now, you know, fast forward to 2023 and, and our mall is back on the market because the previous people who bought it claiming that they specialize in refurbishing and updating and re-energizing, um, you know, quote unquote, urban malls got it and we're like, actually, we don't know what to do with this. And so we're going to put it back on the market. And so I think growth needs to be considered really um, both like long-term and sustainable because all the energy that happened in the, the 90s and 2000s around the mall is, is gone, right? There's almost no excitement for the mall. And most people talk about it in a pretty disparaging way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to see, you know, you mentioned that this is a mayoral election year. It's a big time for change. I'd love to see our economic growth um, being way more resident-centered, right? Um, is that your platform, Blah? <laughs> it is not my platform, and I'm not running this year. Um, Dang. But it would, be, it would be great to see it, right? A more resident-centric approach to what does growth look like, um, and how do we make it sustainable and long-term? Other states, um, you know, have turned their malls into community colleges, hospitals, mm-hmm. um, regular schools like K through eights or high schools. Right. Uh, so I, yeah, that's, that's what I would think of as a perspective of someone who was born here. What growth looks like um, in one decade might not be the growth that we're looking at in the next decade. Mm-hmm. Right. right, so true. Thank you, Bilal. So uh, call. Absolutely. Appreciate I that. think we have another caller on the line. Caller, how are you doing? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Cliff from Waterbury. Hey Cliff. Hey, listen, I'll try to be brief. Um, I'm, a little, I'm a little bit more direct in my approach, and so I want to ask a series of questions before I get to the reason why I called. Please. And I first want to start by saying, you know, in terms of ethnic groups, mm-hmm. right, I'll ask you to this question. What ethnic group do you believe that has the power and pretty much controls pretty much Waterbury or the politics in Waterbury? What do you mean, currently ethnic group? Yes. Um, it, you know, honestly, it all depends. Right. And I, I, and I only push back based on our voting numbers. Right. We have a very, so Waterbury is a result of poor election numbers, right? Like people don't vote here in Waterbury and that's very, uh, typical of most major cities, especially across Connecticut. Um, but I will say that our voting population in Waterbury is actually pretty diverse. So to, 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 to your question, the people who vote are responsible for the racial makeup of our political system today. Now, whether it represents the people that are currently here, whether um, it's equitable is a question or a different conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's obvious what the racial makeup of our of our elected officials are. Um, but it's up to those few people who do vote to either change or to mm. kind of make that happen, if that makes sense. I hope I answered your question, Cliff. Uh, a little bit, Liz. Your your thoughts on that? Same question. I don't have the numbers, so I'm going to defer to Roth there because I don't uh, have enough information to to give an answer on that. Okay, well, I'm referring more specifically in terms of power mm. in key positions in the positions of power. You know, that's what I was more referring to, gotcha. not voting, because you're right. You know, we do have a diverse population. You know, find some vote and some don't. But in terms of consistency, in terms of power, mm-hmm. who would you say, if, if that makes any sense, if you can answer that, who, what ethnic group pretty much has the power and control in Waterbury, in your opinion? 
this might be shady. I don't think any of them do. I think the mayor holds all the power, so I don't think it, it makes a difference either way. Yeah, I okay. mean, Cliff, I mean, to be completely honest and fair, like, it does, you you know, and we know, we've all been here, it's it's not, it doesn't matter who's, who's like, what the racial makeup of our alders or even our state reps or any of that, the people who make the decisions here make the decisions here. However, what I will say and push back on is how we change that is is in the polls in November, right? We have a very unique opportunity this November to change those things. However, if folks don't get to the polls this November, then we will be having the same conversation next year about who's in positions of power. Mm -hmm. So until we actually tackle those things like voter education, civic engagement and things like that, we will continue to have a very non-diverse group of people in our position of power. But like Liz said, you and I know, Cliff, that our decision makers are, are not always the people we elect into elected office. But you said well, you had a main question. Hmm? Yeah, let me end with this if I can, and um, I'll, I'll give you my thoughts, and maybe you agree with it, maybe you, you won't. Um, right now, what I'm saying in terms of both, there's been both ethnic groups that pretty much have had control um, in the city, and I see the both being Irish and Italians. For the most part, the Irish control the Democratic Party, with the Italians controlling and, and running the Republican Party. And so, what you've seen in terms of mayors, key position, town clerk, so forth, with all, the majority of aldermen, they're always been in those areas mm-hmm. in between those two political parties. And so, they alternate. Okay, so one year you might have the Italians and the Republican Party. Then the following year you might have the Irish and the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. But as it relates to black votes, black people, and the voters, mm-hmm. the voters do not have the mental capacity, the black voters in the black community, does not have the mental capacity to achieve and want to have their own desire to be in power. So what they'll do is they'll compromise and they'll support either the Democratic Party and a few, a few will, report, will support the Republican Party. To give you a good example of that is that you had some blacks that were running as as a independent mm-hmm. and the independent party not too long ago associated or collaborated with the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Now, candidates had good ideas, Board of Aldermen, uh, the Board of Education, the whole nine yards, great, you know, um, they were brand new faces. Right. However, they did not get the support coming from the black people who are traditionally support the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. So no matter who runs, if you don't get the support Support from it's described as a strong mayor city. If you don't get the blessings or the support coming from those who are already in charge, then you're not going to win, yeah. no matter how many people vote. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I I agree with you, Cliff. I, I agree 110. percent But here's here's what I here's what I will challenge you and everyone listening. To, right, this next year there'll be 16 million new voters, all Gen Zers. Right, mm. folks who don't. Who, who don't so even much. think or even believe the same things that even you and I are right now, Cliff. So what I'm trying to tell you is like the same way they changed before, they're changing again. And I, I have hope for a, a, a new shift um, only because there's a, a bunch of new voters that will definitely shift things in, in, in a very different way. That's going to be interesting to see how they shift things. Absolutely. Um, 
getting back to your question of what does growth look like? Yes. Do you, yes. Uh, do you want to tackle that? Do you want me to, to answer? Uh, yeah. No. So I, I answer that, and then I, and then I'll chime in because I think Bilal touched on some really good points. Yeah. So when you asked that, I, I thought of two things. Um, one is yes, there are so many companies that have a long history here, like mm-hmm. years, 1935 plus, right? Like they, they grounded here. But for me, growth looks like when those companies are, are founded in those times right. and they grow and they sustain, right? And it's possible, right? Coca-Cola has been around for a long time, mm-hmm. lays all these companies, and you can't tell me that in Waterbury we don't have companies that could be that. Of course. But I, I think we get so hooked on what it was, and we do not grasp and see the the trends of time, mm-hmm. and I want us to be better at that. And like you can still keep those values, right? right? Keep those values, keep what's important, but how that shows up might be different over time. And then the other thing really briefly is growth to me looks like when you have youth that go to school here and can also work mm. here and sustain here. Like we, if, if you cannot live here, like, you know, grow up here and afford to live here, that's not growth. Like we, and we have to be honest, right. there's no jobs here that are in the current market. And we talk about like manufacturing, all these things. Is, is that where the market's going? Mm-hmm. Like we have a big AI boom. Where where's our AI jobs here? Where like you know what right. I mean? And so, if our youth cannot grow up here and choose to stay here, then then we can't really talk about we have growth. Right? Yeah. No. So yeah. So good. And so to two points. Mm-hmm. One to Bilal's point about sustainability mm-hmm. and in even small businesses, there's a great page on Facebook. It's a Waterbury historical page. I think it's literally called that. And they'll constantly post great pictures of the hustle and bustle of downtown and and what it used to be. And and what what strikes me is the amount of small businesses, right, that existed here. Um, And and now when when thinking about, like, even the mall and and things that, um, like, are here today... um, we we had this conversation earlier like what could what could we do right like how could we um grow businesses and make them sustainable when we think about like the mall or even the constant talk that we don't hear about amazon coming in right what makes those things or those big businesses attractive are the tax breaks are the incentives that go to these big companies right that are supposed to hire hundreds and thousands of people. And you and I know, with the boom of AI, those jobs are getting slower and slower and slower, right? So as we're constantly pushing for manufacturing, right? And, and, and I have kids here. Mm-hmm. So this goes to your second point about what growth and sustainability looks like. My kids will most likely go to college, right, if they choose to, and get jobs that don't exist here. <laughs> and like that's the reality, right? And like we feel like that's shade, but like that—that's the reality. Right. So I think I think a way that so a solution, right? Because um, I don't always like to just complain without giving us solutions. Mm-hmm. The same. So I think about the Taljadeen Bakery, right, in mm-hmm. the store, and I think about like what could have been done differently right. to sustain them here. The same tax breaks and incentives that were given to the mall should have been given to small business owners like the Taljadeen Bakery, right? And I think sometimes those breaks aren't always equitable, and we have what we have, right? Now we have a ghost town of a downtown because the incentives, even now, the few incentives that are here 
go to the out-of-state owners of these buildings and don't necessarily go to the small business owners. You and I are small business owners, right? Mm -hmm. Yet we can't afford to operate our small businesses here. Facts. And that's and and that should say something about the town that we live in, right? Like I can go to Southington and I'll get a free office for a year and a half. So as a small business owner, I come here I and I'm like, <laughs> right? Because like. It, Sometimes the numbers have to lead that. Absolutely. Like, or else you were not going to be in business. <laughs> right. So if we want to have those same small businesses, those same small mom and pops, mm -hmm. then we need to make it sustainable for them same small mom and pops to pop up there. There's the small great shops downtown. The few that are here are great. Yes. Do we need more of them? Absolutely. And like training, like so when you were talking about like things like the government can do, like tax breaks, so it also makes me think of like you know, we're talking about the aldermen and things like that, or alder women or alder person. Um, and I, I thought about like Nujame a couple years ago, probably pre pandemic, was like going to different small Eastern businesses, mm -hmm. taking photos, things like that, like using your political power and, and like kind of like um, visibility right. to spotlight different businesses. That would be really great because I think a, a lot of times, like when you challenge people in power, like, well, like, that's not my thing. It doesn't fall under me. Well, think about outside the box. That's right. why you're sitting there. Right. Like, like yeah. you can't problem solve who's the person that does this. Right. But, like, thinking about how you can use your influence to spotlight different mm. businesses so that they have growth. Um, I love that idea about um, different, you know, businesses having um, free space, mm -hmm. but also this education or being able to link businesses, right? These are things that like, your, your government can do. Absolutely. Um, the same way they do that for Amazon and everyone else, like right. thinking about how do you take those same concepts and make them local. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah, I think I forgot who wrote it on my notes. And, you know, someone, he said a community-centered approach, mm. you know, um, and I think that is how there's a quote that I that I I don't know exactly where it comes from but it says the people closest to the problem are closest to the solution yeah. but usually the furthest from power yeah right and I think as we look at this election year as we look at the things that we are complacent about here in our great city of Waterbury I think it's up to us to step up right and to do the things that need to be done here. That means telling other people about our election process, telling, getting people registered to vote, telling people who to vote for and why. I think those things are really important as opposed to just complaining about how things are and just kind of just throwing your hands up. I think the work needs to be done. I think there's a lot of work to be done this summer. And if we really want Waterbury to kind of propel itself to the 21st century, I think this summer is the time to do it. Absolutely. And, and to your point about like uh, kind of like people. Right. So we kind of talked about the, the government side, what they can do, really thinking about people and, and what they can do and what actions they can take. So like outside of voting, um, how can people help to 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 promote growth? Mm. Um, one thing that came to mind might be um, when you go to these places that are local being able to take, uh, again, a review, something like that. But are there ways that come to mind for you that people can help to create growth that, you know, they can do? Yeah, I, I will say um, when you ask folks, they'll say, oh, go to an alder meeting or, or whatever. Uh, and those things are great. However, I, I would suggest you contact your alder and have a cup of coffee and talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. I think you'd be, uh, you'd find a 
a better solution, right, as opposed to one that seems ambiguous. These are real people. These are people who are in the community. These are people who um, should understand the community. And if you want the different types of answers, these are the people who are supposed to give it to you. These are public officials who are supposed to serve the public. So I would say start with individuals as opposed to the bigger government. I love that. Um, we are going to go to a quick break and then we'll close it out and bring it to the top of the hour. Y'all, it was super fun taking over the airways today. Um, again, just want to shout out Abby from Political Psych, but Abby, please check her out on YouTube where she gives us a deep dive into politics. Um, Roth, anything that you want to promote, plug, how can people connect with you? Um, you know, uh, been rebranding everything, so just find me on LinkedIn, Rafael Rosario the Third. That's where I'm at. Um, just you know, working on building a team. And uh, working this summer, you know, we're, it's, it's an election year. I've said this over and over again, and we're going to be pushing to help propel Waterbury to the 21st century, you know. Love that. Um, it is Earth Day this Saturday. Um, if you're over in the East End or like anywhere in the city or anywhere who's listening, please meet us at 140 Brookdale Lane. We are going to be planting in our community garden. We'd love to have you. Um, you can find the podcast on Coffee and Combos with Liz. Um, check out my um, books and author um, podcast, E-Reads podcast. I have some awesome guests coming up. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, WATR, for, for hosting and having thank us. Thank you, guys. Um, it's been amazing. Uh, talk to you all soon.